Hello, you are listening to the Divorce University Online Podcast with your hosts, Thomas and Tammy Ferreira. Hi, I'm Tammy. And I'm Thomas. And this is episode 131. 131. We keep climbing. We keep climbing. Someday we'll be on episode 2,423. <laughs> I'm not sure if we'll live that long. Are there that many weeks? If we're just going on weeks, how long could we? I don't know. That's a calculation. I'll have to do it another time. All right. That's like that that uh, that line in, in Back to the Future where it says, now playing Rocky 45. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is step four of our Getting Off the Divorce Treadmill series. Today is called Regularly Take a Progress Inventory. And so, you know, this comes into when we talked about SMART goals, about them being measurable. And that's what this is today. If you don't uh, check in on how you're doing with your goals um, you, you're not going to, you're, you're not going to accomplish them by the end of the year. You're going to just be, or, or the end right. of whatever timeline you've given yourself. Um, you're just going to kind of be floating out there. So we've got to check in periodically and you may need to make adjustments to them as we go. So. Right, right. Because what gets measured gets improved. There you go. And so it's a good idea to, to look over, you know, we did advise you earlier to, to stay with that dream sheet and make sure that you, when you review that dream sheet, that you feel the emotions, that you experience how great it would be to be where you want to be. Right. The emotions are the key to moving you forward. All right. To motivating you to move forward. All right. But we get off track. You know, and things. It's it, you know, part of the reason why we ha- we do this series is because this is not easy. Yeah, it's it's not. Oh, you know, I'm just gonna sit in a chair and put my headphones on, and and they'll teach, they'll just change my brain or something. Right. Yeah. This this is some work. Right. Uh, but the fact is that you can do it. Right. And uh, if if any if we can do it, anybody can. Right. Just like that. <laughs> but well, yeah. what happens is we get stuck in in just the daily crap, right? Like the the conflict with the ex, or they sent some text message that upset us, or whatever that is. And if you can bring yourself to center by you know keeping your big why, as Thomas calls it, in front of you. You know, and if one of your goals is to have a cooperative co-parenting relationship that benefits your kid, that's going to make it a lot easier to not respond negatively to that text message. Right. But if we're just looking at the text message and we're not thinking about how our response fits into our overall goal, then we're probably going to fire back and do something that damages that. And that'll knock you off track because right. it suddenly, suddenly you have emotion. You know, right. And there's, there's all of these uh, urgent, important things that are added to your list. Right. And those tend to push you out of quadrant three, out of the upper right-hand quadrant. Right. And, uh, and into the upper left-hand quadrant, which is not where you want to be. Right, because then right, because then you're operating. That's putting out your fires, is what that right, is. Right, putting out the the fires. Uh, so, it's very important to keep the the goals in front of you, and to measure your progress along the way. 
if you feel like you're making progress, you're going to continue. You're going to be able to soldier on. It's a right. it's a motivation factor. Right. Um, yeah. Decide where you're going. Get moving in that direction. Get moving in that direction <laughs> and keep going. It's as simple as that. It, right. You know, if you listen to any, I mentioned this in the last episode, Jim Rohn, I think, says that. It's as simple right. as decide where you're going and get moving. Yeah. And so one of the things that knocks us off track in, in divorce is exactly what Tammy was talking about, the conflict and, and the interpersonal stuff. Right. And I love that area because you can free up a lot of your time and energy mm -hmm. by by repurposing that energy. Yeah. And I mean, this is again, I mean, I said this in, a, in a, one of the previous episodes of in this series is this is where I start with a brand new coaching client is, you know, not everyone has had conflict with their active conflict with their ex, but the vast majority are because if they weren't in crisis, they wouldn't be calling me. But um, the vast majority of them are struggling with conflict with their ex. And the first thing that you have to do is to shut down that conflict. And there are things that you, you alone can do to, to accomplish that. And once you shut that down, you know, you'll be amazed. I mean, I talked to a client the other day and we had this conversation and three days later I talked to her again and she's like, I just can't believe how much better I feel, how much happier I am, how mm -hmm. much, you know, and that's what this is doing. This person's negative energy is just sucking the energy out of you. Right. And you've got to refuse to allow them to do that. Yeah. And, and the way you do that is by not sinking down into that and keeping your focus on your upper, you know, your high level goals. Right. Because what quadrant does conflict with your ex fall into? Uh, I would say that that's the lower left hand quadrant. That's the uh, urgent but not important. And let's think about it. Why is it important to respond to a nasty gram from your ex? Well, there are a number of reasons. Uh, it, it could, there could be some information in their communication that's actually necessary for co-parenting, a right. very rare item. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or, you know, maybe you feel like if you don't answer back, then the court's going to assume that you're wrong. You know, like, right. you know. And a lot of times on talking parents, the other parent will will bombard you with, uh, well, you didn't show up uh, at such and such a date, and you were late then. And and what they're really trying to do is is kind of build their case. They're trying to document their case through the communication, which is not the way to do it. Right. You can get a separate piece of paper and write it out, and it's just as valid. Like that for documenting your case, and then you're not destroying your relationship. Right. But it's not important to respond to that kind of communication. Yeah. We also sometimes want to like put that person in their place or that somebody who's been very controlling and manipulative and we want to just push back on that or, you know, or we have a fear of what their reaction will be if we don't right. say something, you know. Right. And all of that is false evidence appearing real. Right. It's fear. False evidence appearing real. Right. I, I probably didn't have to spell that out. Did probably I? not. Probably not. Sorry. Uh, but these are the things that, you know, if you if you take stock of your goals and you're falling behind, look at how much time you spend on communication and on just answering back and making sure you put them in their place and making sure they know how you feel. Right. That's a big one. 
Yeah. Uh, and cut that stuff out. It's not important. It's not you – know, communication in a co-parenting relationship is not about making sure that every uh, statement from the other person is answered and rebutted. Right. It's really, you know, what Tammy said one time, and I thought this was brilliant, Tammy, is you said um, just the sometimes the best response is received. Right. So I've had people say to me, well, I'm under a court order to respond on the Talking Parents or Our Family Wizard or whatever kind of messaging app. And they say, I'm, I'm court ordered to respond within 24 to 48 hours. So what do I do? Well, if you just get this big litany that has nothing to do with anything, you just say received. If you really want to be nice and really just really spread it on thick, you could say received. Thank you. <laughs> that's very that's very polite, yes. but, it could, but could be interpreted as sarcasm. Yes, but it can't exactly, which is what right. I love about it. <laughs> yeah, you want to be so nice that they just don't know. Are, are you really like, are you really being nice or are you being sarcastic no. or I can't really tell? That's really kind of the zone that you want to get into when it comes to yeah. some of the custody stuff. But Tammy's love language is sarcasm. <laughs> but the co-parenting, really your communication with your co-parent is only about logistical coordination for the children. Right. That's it. Yeah, it's so. not about, oh, you didn't give him his medicine or, oh, I've done all the dentist appointments this year or you're always late to the. It's not about any of that. Right. It's about six o'clock pickup time. Sure, I can do that. No, sorry, I can't do that, but I could do six thirty. That, that's literally all it's about. Right. So if if you're not accomplishing your goal of making your house nice or creating a relation, a special relationship with your children or researching schools to go back and get your degree. Right. What you may be doing is getting drawn into conflict. Right. And if that's what's happening, there's a huge piece of time that you can really reclaim. Well, and the thing that's kind of, kind of you know more unique about divorce is it's not the time you lose isn't just the time on that task yeah you know maybe in your career or you know running the house or different things like that you know maybe those types of things just if you're doing something that's like off the priority grid mm -hmm. It, it may not necessarily, it may just be a minute or two, like not a ton of time. The thing that happens in co-parenting is that minute or two can destroy you emotionally. Yeah, it can ruin your whole day. To where you've <clears throat> lost your entire day. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, and the so the only way to eliminate that is to shut it down. Mm -hmm. That's it. All right, your ex is already ruining your life. That's why you're getting a divorce. There you go. <laughs> oh. So the key is to not give them more time. Right, and and energy because right. you know, one of the things that w that I did when I first started down this road about 15 years ago when I was getting my divorce is I, I in 2006. You should say the year because then even if somebody's listening to this later Two, 2006 yeah. 2007 right around there yeah i don't know it's all it's all a haze it's all a blur at, at this point but i audited the high conflict class to mm -hmm. 
kind of get some insight into what caused people to to fight in divorce and people fight like cats and dogs it's crazy yeah uh and uh and, and i want drug me to it a couple times too yeah well it's a good it was good because mm-hmm. you learn techniques of of establishing boundaries and and not getting sucked in right but one of the things that dina stacer said and i'll never forget this is take the time and energy that you've spend litigating, fighting with your ex and put that into your kids. Right. Or put that into your new life. Right. Put that into your career or your whatever, whatever it is for you. So you're taking those category uh, one things, those lower left quadrant things, Mm -hmm. and you're moving, you're, you're throwing those so that you have more time for Upper right hand stuff. Right. So you can get out of upper left hand stuff. <laughs> right. I hope you listened to the last episode on the four <laughs> quadrants because if you didn't, yeah. you're probably a little bit lost right now. And I would recommend this is a we're on step four, like I said at the beginning of the episode, of a five part series. And we, then we did an overview. So there's six series total. So, you know, go back and find the other episodes at divorceuniversityonline.com if you're completely lost about our quadrants. Right. <laughs> but this is huge. Right. I mean, this is, I think, maybe the most important piece of accomplishing your goals while right. you're getting a divorce right. and getting off the treadmill. Right. Because if you are stuck, and so many people are, they're stuck in the conflict and they're stuck with the, the, in the litigation. They're spending a ton of money and, and, and they're just treading water and mm-hmm. the case goes on and on and mm-hmm. on. And they're completely stuck emotionally and can't move themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And so all that energy is being sucked out of them. You know, Dina used to say that when you go to a hearing on a child custody case, you're pretty much a basket case for the next 72 hours. Yeah. And for for a period of time leading up to it as well, I would say. Right. You know, so you probably lose four or five days at least around a hearing. Right. So, so you, what we're about here is, is getting some leverage. Right. Uh, and so we really have to think, is it worth... Yeah, you know, one hundred fifty, two hundred dollars more in, in support for me to file this motion and have to attend this hearing and go through have, all the stress of it. Have to see my ex across a crowded courtroom because he's a monkey's butt. Yeah, find a good mediator. That's always our <laughs> advice. Get into mediation, yeah. solve your case. But and, and and you know the thing is, is to me that's one of the biggest values of mediation is. Sometimes I have people that say, oh, well, we don't have any disagreements. We don't need mediation. And what I say to them is part of what you get from a good mediation is education because you don't know what you don't know in this process. So sometimes you think it's as simple as, you know, I had somebody say to me just a few days ago, oh, well, we already divided our cars. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. That still has to go into the court documentation. So you don't know what you don't know. And I think you need some form of expert input. And then on the opposite spectrum, I have people say, well, there's no way we can do mediation. We just have way too much conflict. Well, newsflash, everybody 
going through divorce has conflict. So that's not an obstacle to mediation. And again, if you have a good mediator that knows what they're doing, that's exactly what we're equipped to handle, except for we're handling it without going into court. And you know, the vast majority of our mediation clients are done within 60 to 90 days. We've had people that come in and go, I want to be done in two weeks. We want to turn it all around. We want to focus on this. This is all we're going to do for the next two weeks is have the appointments with you, get you the information you need, do everything to to get all this done so we can move on with our lives. And we're like, okay. And so those people are done and they move on with their lives. Hallelujah. And you know what? Their outcomes, <laughs> out. I believe outcomes overall, I mean, this is a little bit difficult to measure because everybody's situation is different but outcome wise i Not think that much different i think that people are happier far happier with mediated outcomes than court outcomes even if they gave a little extra even if they didn't get as much as they wanted or even if you know whatever i i think that in mediation if you're both you know, uh, willing to stick it out and participate and see it through, you're going to get a far better result than you'll get from court without all the stress. So when you sit down with yourself to, to review whether you're in, in measuring your progress on these goals, consider that what might be holding you back is this divorce case. And the, the best advice I've ever heard about how to do a divorce is to settle the case. Settle it. Cut your losses on this because whatever you gain, you know, that hidden asset, unless it's worth $10 million, that hidden asset is not going to make a difference in your life. But but what will make a difference in your life is whether you're accomplishing your goals. Right. So don't get dragged into a huge discovery battle. Settle your case. Right. And, and move on with life. Uh, with parenting plans, it's good to, you know, if, if, if it hasn't gone in the direction you want it to go, you know, a lot of times it's best to take a break from litigating and just use the time you have. Yeah. Use the time. If you're a dad and, and you got kind of screwed, don't wait for the next hearing. Use the time you have. Build that relationship. Yeah, or we've seen situations where maybe somebody got supervised uh, visitation with their kids, which is is obviously very devastating for most pa- both most parents. But if the court orders you to have supervised visitation uh, for four hours a week, and you're like, oh well, I can't, I can't do it on this day, this day, this day, this day. I can only do two hours every Saturday from this time to this time, and then you're doing your two hours a week, but the court's ordered you four hours a week. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to go back in and ask for unsupervised visitation and more time. Well, the court's going to go, I'm not upgrading your your parenting schedule because you're not even using the full four hours that I've given you. And so, you know, that's one of the priorities that you need to check in on. You've got to utilize, fully utilize that time. Right. So we've talked about some ways to to free up some time to get on track. But sometimes you have success. Yeah. Often you have success. <laughs> yeah, and and to me success is is a self-reinforcing. Right. Uh, it's thing. like your little check marks on your 
yeah. task list, right? Little endorphin boosts. <laughs> and I advise that you take uh, some time out uh, to do some congratulation and to really experience emotionally what it feels like to be a success. Right. Because you're all capable of it. Right. All of y'all are, are capable of having success. True. You can lose that weight. You can uh, spend more time with your kids one-on-one and, and have better relationships. You can clean out your closet. You can draw a boundary with your ex. You can draw a boundary. You can settle your case and, right. and, uh, and not be dragging that weight around anymore. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, m- when you have accountability partners, that's a good time to celebrate your successes and say, you know, I moved forward. I got, uh, I got up to 200 grand last month. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, when my client called back three days later and said, I feel better. This is working. You know, that was a very small thing, but it was a huge success. And the thing it did was to help her understand, okay, this does work. And I was able to do it one time. So I can keep doing it, knowing that this is the reward of how I'm going to feel. Because then her motivation starts coming from a different place. Her motivation's not coming from getting back at her ex or having that mm-hmm. little intrinsic feeling we have of, I got you, you know, or whatever, yeah. which we all have. It's a short-lived pleasure. Right. It's a, it's a strong one. but Right. But it starts <laughs> becoming about, wow, look how good I feel. Look how, right. you know, empowered I feel and, and all that kind of thing. Right. And so your motivation starts coming from your own internal processes and not someone else's external crap they're throwing at you. That might be a good definition for good mental health is is to be kind of in charge of your own life and accomplishing your own goals with your own energy um, and establishing relationships that of interdependence with others, not just, oh, I need this person because I can't make ends meet. (laughs) Right. Right. Very Uh, true. So the next thing I want to talk about is, okay, you do your inventory of of your goals and and it looks like you're treading water or you're not making it. Uh, A lot of times what we'll do is we'll give up or we'll beat ourselves up and we'll feel like a bad person. And the snowball can get rolling in the other direction. (laughs) Like, you know, oh. I'm lazy. I suck. I'm stupid. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like that? (laughs) <laughs> well, here's yeah, it's like the story that Tammy told uh, um, was it last episode or the one before about about the gold that's ten feet away. Uh, you, uh, you know, you you may be on the cusp of a breakthrough. Right, and th- this again, this is in the Think and Grow Rich book is where I got the the story by Napoleon Hill. So if you haven't read that book, go out and check it out. But. Yeah, and be you need somebody in your life that's a bulldog. Mm-hmm. You know, you need somebody that that will tell you you it's not time to give up. You know, because you read the stories of of wealthy people, and time after time they said, you know, I was bankrupt. <laughs> I was, you know, I was facing foreclosure. Uh, the world was coming to an end, and I just felt like giving up. Right. And they didn't, you know, they persevered through that. That mm-hmm. That is a tough place to be. It's a depressing place to be. It is. And that's where you need your dream sheet. <laughs> 
Yeah, and you have to keep pushing and persevering. And here's the thing. You can't beat yourself up for, you know, falling short of what you were trying to do. Because like Thomas said, I mean, that just gets you going in the opposite direction negatively, right? It just right. it un, starts to undo progress that you've made. Right. So you have to just keep persevering and not let you know, that negative self-talk intercede when you don't fully meet right. whatever goal or task or whatever you were working on for today. I'm not sure I got this one, but uh, some, somebody said that when they're working towards a goal, they try to rack up as many failures as they can get. That might have been Zig Ziglar or somebody like that. <laughs> he's, he's funny. If you haven't listened to Zig Ziglar, that's, that's how everybody where I live talks yeah. like that. But his draw is even stronger, though. It's I've, he's, I, I find him to be quite funny. Yeah. But, you know, it's true. I mean, you just, you know, it's really easy to just, you know, get in a negative mindset and... Right. You know, and he tells a story of a of a salesman who, uh, who had a contest with himself to rack up as many no's as he could, mm -hmm. because you know eventually you'll get a yes. Yeah, and, and he, I I don't, and I'm like you. I don't know yeah. where this came from from him or Brian. Tra I think it was Brian Tracy who said when he goes. Brian Tracy is really mm -hmm. a he started out in the sales business, and that's really his background is right. is sales industry, but um. He said when he goes in someplace and the, the sales are struggling and he's been brought in to try to increase them, the very first thing he does is is uh, create some sort of incentive for the first person to get to 100 no's. Yeah. You know, because salespeople, especially like that rejection, you know, and that's kind of what divorce is. It's a rejection. Right. It's a rejection of you and the relationship and all that. And so we become very sensitive to that. And so in right. order to desensitize them, he says, your goal is to get to 100 no's. And yeah. in the process of that, they're obviously going to get a yes, but it takes the focus off of that right. and puts it on, you know, okay, right. it's a numbers game. Let's just get through it. Yeah. Sometimes the path to success leads through failure. Yeah. It's it's a weird paradox. Yeah. But but it's true. And the things that you think will will lead to success ultimately don't get you to your goal like filing motions and 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 fighting and and stuff. The things that you do on the daily impulsively to to get your needs met don't work. But the things that you you do that seem to be dead ends, if you persevere in them, right, they'll you know, eventually you'll you'll hit that vein. Right. And one of the things I always tell people is, you know, you and I have a very good marriage, but I could not, we would not have this marriage if we hadn't learned from our first marriage. You know, Come and, on, and, and, Tammy, these people heard us talk. And our previous marriages, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but i got to stay on my thought. Our previous marriages, quote unquote, ended in failure, right? They ended in divorce. So yeah. I think for all of us, we would characterize that as a failure. But what that failure did was lead us into a relationship where we were able to have success. Right. You know, and we, I don't, I, I, Thomas and I have talked about this before. I think if we had met young and married young, 
we might we wouldn't have the quality of relationship we have now. Part of the reason we have that quality is because the lessons learned in the first marriage and the appreciation of the relationship that I think we kind of took more for granted in the first marriage. That's true. Yeah. So so, so basically take a regular inventory maybe once a month and see you know what you know, is this is this direction bearing fruit is this is this habit gaining uh, if you find that that you know you've lost five pounds it doesn't have to be a lot right any kind of any kind of success just celebrate the heck out of it right you know one of the uh, I think it was uh, was Harvecker that said this he, he if he finds if he finds a dime on the on the sidewalk, he bends over, he picks it up, and he says to himself, "I am a money magnet." Because <laughs> next time it's going to be a one dollar bill or a twenty dollar bill or a fifty dollar bill or whatever. <laughs> right, you know, he doesn't look at that as a small thing. He yeah. said, "You know, any little bit of success, you've got to emphasize that and yeah. realize that that's just got gotten you one little tiny bit closer to your dream life." Yeah, and I think you do have to sit down and take inventory of that, you know, once a month or so on your big pictures. You know, obviously you're it they always say you should do we you should do, you know, your big goals for the year, then like your quarterly goals, your monthly goals, your weekly your you know, then like start breaking it into weekly tasks and then mm-hmm. you're down to your granular daily, daily tasks that you have to do and you kinda have to go step by step in keeping, you know, drilling down. But you do have to check in with yourself and figure out what kind of progress you're making. Otherwise, you know, you'll head in the wrong direction or you'll, you know, get pulled into negativity and different right. things and it will derail you. Right. Or you'll just procrastinate like I do. <laughs> <laughs> so All right. So I gotta go home and work on you and have you take an inventory then. That's right. <laughs> and forgive yourself when you fall short. Yeah. Because you know, we're all flesh and blood. Yeah. Well like I said in one of the previous episodes, Bob Proctor says there's no bad goals, there's just bad deadlines. So just move <laughs> your deadline and keep going. That's how there you do it. There you go. So all right. So um Thank you for joining us. If you want to hear the previous episodes or you missed any of the beginning part of the series, go to divorceuniversityonline.com um, to look up the previous episodes. Um, there's also, you know, all kinds of episodes on all kinds of topics. So anything you're wondering about that has to do with divorce and child custody is probably on there if you go and search for it. Um, if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, we um, are at facebook.com slash myfamilylawoffice. And that will give you notices on the podcast releases and various trainings and things we do throughout the year. If you haven't already rated and reviewed us, please do so. We appreciate your support. That helps other people find us. And um, we always like having your feedback or, or hearing show ideas, you know, topics right. and different things like that. So thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Divorce University online podcast with your hosts, Thomas and Tammy Ferreira. For more information, visit www.divorceuniversityonline.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.